All right. Biceps tendonitis up next in the NPTE study cast. What do we need to know to make sure we get this question right? First of all, let's talk about what biceps tendonitis is so we can, you know, get really cerebral and say it's tendinopathy mm. because tendonitis is going to mean that it's inflammation. But another tip is the NPTE is probably using information that is at least five years old. So you want to study more from books than you do from actual research articles. So don't get caught up in that. So biceps tendinopathy, tendinitis is essentially a strain of the muscle. It can be muscle damage to the actual muscle belly, but most of the time we're talking about it's actually the tendon and it could actually be that the tendon is ruptured, going from the lower scale of having just a few fibers being interrupted all the way up to a complete tendon rupture. Signs and symptoms are your patient's going to come in with pain. They can also be weak depending on the pain could be limiting the weakness or if they have a lot of muscle damage or a tendon rupture, they're going to have the inability to fire that biceps. Their only symptom could just be point tenderness at like the bicipital groove. I mean, we'll talk about the anatomy in a second. More people have the proximal pain than they do the distal pain when they have a biceps issue. But it, it can be distal, but yeah. most likely on a test question, they're going to go for the tried and true. Correct. Yeah. And if it's a complete rupture, probably the easiest sign that you would see is the Popeye sign. So yeah. you'd see it would ball up the, the biceps muscle would, would have come away from the origin at the bicipital groove and it would be balled up in the middle of their upper arm. So that's, that's pretty evident when you actually see that sign. And the person usually says, I heard this ripping noise and <laughs> now I have this big ball in the middle of my arm that didn't used to be there. But that's called the Popeye sign. So if we talk about the anatomy of the biceps, so the name tells you it has two heads. So the short head of the biceps comes off the coracoid process. Long head of the biceps comes off the superior glenoid, which is the superior portion of the labrum. So we'll talk about some of the differential diagnosis. We have to think about some some labrum pathologies. So it can be thought of as like the fifth muscle that contributes to the rotator cuff. And the insertion, so both heads come together and they insert into the bicipital aponeurosis on the radius. So a lot of people, when they think about the biceps, they think of it as a powerful elbow flexor, which it is, but its primary action is supination. Isn't it the uh, the wine bottle muscle? <laughs> so it's the powerful supinator. supinator so yes. that's how you get the wine opening, and yes. then you got to pull the cork pull out. Pull the cork out. And wine then bottle you, muscle. Then you have to pull it up to your mouth. So that's it's the complete wine muscle. Twelve ounce curls. I've never heard about that nerve innervation. We should talk about that if we're mm -hmm. going to talk about the complete anatomy. So it's the musculocutaneous nerve. We also look at the biceps reflex. Usually that's C five differential diagnosis because the pain usually is at that origin or at the proximal attachment, you have to start ruling out things like rotator cuff tendon. So if you're going to you know, have your patient and you're going to be palpating and they're going to complain of point tenderness and you're looking for that groove in between the greater and lesser tubercles, that's where your bicep sits. But you know, you could also have a little bit of supraspinatus that you're getting in there. So you kind of have to think about that. It also could be impingement. So we have to think about like, what is their biomechanics like and are they getting that supraspinatus stuck or that subacromial bursa, because not a lot of patients actually have a really great idea of pain within a certain amount of centimeters. So, so they may actually be having subacromial pain and they're feeling it. Just hard to localize. Correct. And then we have to think about, um, is it an actual labral tear? So because that 
long head of the biceps does insert into the superior labrum. And again, you know, we talked about this with our other shoulder pathologies. If it's the right shoulder, just always thinking about gallbladder in the back of your mind. If you go and you palpate somebody's coracoid process, it's going to hurt no matter what. We have three muscles that insert there. So if it was the short head of the biceps, which is much more rare, you would have your coracobrachialis there and your pec minor as well as the short head of your biceps. So that's, you'd have to do different sorts of manual muscle tests maybe and range of motion to try to figure out if it was one of those three. So when we do our special tests, there's probably three special tests that you'd want to do to look for for biceps tendonitis. So the gold standard is using speeds tests. So that's when you have shoulder flexion and you're in a little bit of external rotation and your elbow is completely extended and you're supinated. So you, you, know, you just have a straight up. arm palm up straight up in front of you and the, the PT, you apply resistance and your patient's going to complain of pain. They may also be weak, but they're going to have pain at that. Little they're resisting growth. They're resisting shoulder extension. They're going into shoulder flexion. They're going into shoulder flexion. Exactly. And because they're in supination, they're using their biceps instead of using brachialis or brachioradialis because you'd be in a different forearm position for this. Um, you can also do what's called Jurgensen sign. Jurgensen sign is essentially you put them, instead of having a straight arm, you put them into about 90 degrees of elbow flexion. They're also supinated. And then you try to pull them into elbow extension. So again, you're doing a manual muscle Bicep test of the elbow. Right, exactly. Right. Exactly. But that's called Jurgensen's test. So again, if you provoke pain. Positive sign. Positive sign. Yep. If you were trying to differentiate it with a slap tear, you'd want to do O'Brien's test, Okay. Um, which O'Brien's is you're in 90 degrees of shoulder flexion and then you horizontally 80 duct a little bit and you're pronated and internally rotated and then you apply resistance and you patient will complain of pain. You may hear a click and then what you do is you supinate them, also resist and it should feel better. And the resistance is all, uh, always downward. Correct. Mm-hmm. They would have less pain when you're in a neutral forearm position than they would when they were fully pronated. Got it. So that's a positive sign for O'Brien. And that's really specific for a slap tear. And again, we want to let you know, if you want any of the information about these special tests, our great friends at morphopedics.com have awesome videos to uh, have examples for all of these. We can talk about causes of this a little bit thinking of overhead sports, lifting too heavy weights. Also, a lot of people have, uh, because especially if you're a pitcher, the biceps in the slowing phase of pitching, like the eccentric action of the biceps, it can it can get damaged there. Um, if someone's had multiple corticosteroid shots in their shoulder, that can weaken the biceps tendon as well. In terms of treatment, physical therapy, it's gonna you're going to treat it much like any other tendinopathy, strength, restoration, but you, know, you have to look at like the acute phases of healing. You might use some modalities to help pain. Your patient might be on NSAID. Um, you might actually also have to incorporate postural retraining because maybe they put their biceps at a bad angle so that they're, they're overusing it when they're doing things like overhead motions. If they've actually had surgery, then you're going to have all kinds of precautions. They mostly match like what you'd have for a slap repair. So you're not going to want to have any kind of contractions of your biceps. You're going to want to stay out of ranges of external rotation. Think about anything that you would do with your rotator cuff. And because of where that long head of the biceps attaches, then you're going to follow mostly the same precautions. A lot of people are in a sling for at least two to four weeks after they have a slap repair. We love questions. All right. Example questions. Here's how it's going to feel. Here's how it's going to taste when you're stuck in that room on the MPTE. <laughs> so this is actually a slap lesion question because we were talking about the biceps and so often they're involved together. So after a slap lesion, you are seeing a patient status post at one week. What treatment would you implement? First choice is active range of motion into external rotation. Second choice is strengthen the scapular stabilizers. Third choice, joint mobilizations to increase glenohumeral extension. Fourth choice is isometric biceps exercises. Hmm. 
So this may uh, surprise a few people. So you got to think about it. it's one week out. So okay. the correct choice is strength and scapular stabilizers. You want to do nothing to where the surgeons have just went in and corrected. But I think a lot of people would look at this and potentially pick isometric biceps extension. So let's go through this. So choice one is wrong. You wouldn't want to do active range of motion and external rotation because that's going to pretty much destroy the repair that they just did. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yep. And in fact, that should be one of your precautions that you're doing. And I also made it really bad because I made it active range of motion. If a physical therapist did it and it was passive, you might be able to get away with doing a little bit of that, but you're going to be really restricted into how much external rotation you can do. Third choice was joint mobs to increase glenohumeral extension. We don't really have any problems with glenohumeral extension, and I wouldn't be doing joint mobs on somebody one week after surgery, right. most likely, unless they were like grade one or something. And then isometric biceps exercises. This is the one that I think would get most people because you're like, isometrics, they're safe. You're not doing anything, but you have to remember back to your ex-phys classes, you develop the second highest amount of force with an isometric contraction. So you could actually really damage the tendon repair if you're doing like a really robust isometric So you exercise. might get stuck there because you're thinking, yeah, I want to strengthen this, then let's get them back. But again, remember where they are in the timeline one right. week out. One week out. Too yeah. early. Too early. So even, you know, if this is not a biceps question, if you're just talking about good test-taking strategies, if you have somebody who's in the acute phase, whether they just got injured or they actually had a surgery, you're going to be doing things like pain management, edema reduction, Story patient, range of motion. Yeah, patient education, things like that. Don't go into external rotation. Don't fire your biceps, you know, because they, they do want you to be safe. I mean, that's probably the biggest underpinning of the MPTE is are you going to practice safely? Right. That's so it. that's it. That's biceps versus slap repair. Easy. Easy. Remember, two heads. That's all you got to know, right? Biceps. There that's you go. All. That's all two we need. Two heads. That's it.